Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Happy Thanksgiving to our listeners in the United States. We have lots to be thankful for. I'm personally thankful for a long list of things. I'm thankful for my health, for my family, for having the privilege of working with great people. I'm grateful for friendship and for you, the listener, to the podcast. I love listener questions, and I love it when you send me great questions. On today's show, we're looking at several leading indicators that are painting a much clearer picture of what's happening in the economy than the short list of lagging indicators that the Federal Reserve references as meaningful in their committee meetings that are held eight times a year. The Federal Reserve is fixated on inflation, on gross domestic product, and on unemployment. The only way to reduce wage and price increases is to throw in a contraction. However, government spending continues to grow, with contraction being disproportionately concentrated on the private sector. The numbers that are being reported simply do not add up. When you have an economy whose growth is dependent on debt and the amount of debt in the system, it has to grow. Without growth in the money supply, there's no money available to pay the interest on the loans that are currently in existence. It's possible to prove mathematically that in a closed system, such as the one we live in on this planet we call Earth, the money supply must continue to grow in order to have a growing economy. Over the past year, we've experienced contraction in the money supply. Against the narrower definition of M1 money supply, the U.S. dollar supply has shrunk by about $2 trillion from last year. Even against the broader definition of M2, we've also seen a significant contraction in the money supply. And the last time we've seen a contraction in the money supply of this magnitude, at least on a percentage basis, was during the Great Depression in the 1930s. The Federal Reserve has wallpapered over what would be otherwise a global monetary and fiscal calamity by making hundreds of billions of dollars of emergency credit available to the banking system through the discount window and through the Banking Term Funding Program, or BTFP. This injection of liquidity is what's preventing the banking system from collapsing. Meanwhile, the government continues to point to how great the economy is doing. GDP is strong, the stock market's on a tear, but that too is misleading. See, the stock market is a weighted index, and right now the index is being disproportionately influenced by seven companies. If you take out those seven companies, or if you look at the stock market using all public companies without weighting the average, it tells a completely different story. Most companies are actually down compared to those seven companies. Markets are concerned about the growing lack of liquidity in the system. Debt is going to get repriced as more and more debt hits a maturity wall. In fact, the U.S. itself, the U.S. government, needs to renew about $7 trillion of debt in the next 24 months. The question is, will there be international demand for U.S. sovereign debt? And the U.S. government itself is now competing with itself. We keep hearing about this mythical soft landing. Well, there is no soft landing. It's impossible to reduce inflation to 2% without seeing a very significant contraction in aggregate demand. When governments are not reducing expenditures but increasing them, that means the reduction in aggregate demand can only come from the private sector, from families and businesses. Remember, government spending represents 38% of the total economy. Therefore, a soft landing that the Fed is trying to engineer is actually a hard landing for businesses and families because governments don't seem to be getting the memo that the Fed is trying to reduce aggregate demand. We are, in fact, seeing a hard landing in retail sales numbers, in very weak wage growth, in rapidly rising inventories, and in rising unemployment. Rising inventories are the result of channel stuffing by companies that want to extend their financial performance in the face of weak demand. Cisco reported in their last quarter that demand for their products has virtually collapsed. And Cisco has been a bellwether in the industry. 
Their most recent earnings announcement showed that demand for their products has truly fallen off a cliff. They basically admitted to channel stuffing. That means they sell product into the distribution channel and, and recognize the revenue on their books because now the distributor has paid for it. That doesn't mean the end customers paid for it. It's just moving the inventory off their books onto the distributor's balance sheet. Retail giant Target reported a revenue decline of 4.9%. That points clearly to weakness in the consumer segment. Revenues at Lowe's were down. Comparable sales dropped 7.4%. Similar story at Home Depot, where comparable sales dropped 3.5%. The signals are simply too many to ignore. We're seeing the slowdown in falling oil demand. The latest OPEC meeting has been delayed because the member parties cannot agree on production cuts. Saudi Arabia is unhappy with shouldering the majority of the production cuts, and they want other members to do their part to maintain higher oil prices. There's just so many data points that point to economic weakness across the breadth of the economy. Folks, we're in for a hard landing. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.